from our new location at 77 Grove Street, the former CVPS building. Now we've got the power. The Rutland Herald's local sports podcast. This is the Inside Pitch. Brought to you by the Rutland Herald. Thank you for supporting your hometown newspaper. Here they are, Bob Fredette and Tom Haley. Play ball! Hello, this is Bob Fredette. Hello, this is Tom Haley. This is the Inside Pitch. And welcome back to another edition of the Inside Pitch. I'm Bob Fredette, sports editor of the Rutland Daily Herald, along with Tom Haley, sports writer of the Rutland Daily Herald. And we have special guests for you today, uh, David Catman, who is the coach of the 3-0 and Pulteney High School Blue Devils. Yeah. And his, <laughs> see, Tom's excited already. And Caden Cabman, his grandson, and the quarterback of the Pulteney High School Blue Devils. And uh, uh, we thank you both for showing up today and taking time out of your busy schedule. And, uh, you know, first of all, congratulations on the on this start. What is what is the atmosphere like in Pulteney these days? There's a lot of a lot of things going on in town. I mean, you walk down the street and people uh, talk to you about the football and how well the football is doing and, uh, you know, Generally, you don't hear that, and I think Tom and I spoke one day. Uh, I was in the hardware store the, the morning of the Windsor game, and um, you know people were talking about football, and it's a uh, it's a talk of the town right now. Well, you had a long trip uh, last week, uh, about as long as you have Fairfax. How did the Blue Devil fans travel last week? Did you get some up there? Yeah, we had a good crowd. Oh, wow. uh, yeah, we talked about it a little bit afterwards, some of the coaches and I, and uh, it was a good crowd. I mean, we had just as many as, as Fairfax was there. Wow. Oh, not bad. Yeah. <laughs> That's great. Yeah. And, and That's that brings great. up the question. I know Bob is uh, covering the, um, the Fairfax at Windsor game this week, and not very often, or this early in the year, two teams are playing, and you have played them both. How do you see that matchup? I think that'll be a good matchup. Um, I, BFA was better than you know, we thought they were. I mean, we saw them on tapes. We hadn't actually seen them physically, but uh, um, I thought they played well. And they're still pretty much a young team. He expects to be very strong in the coming year. Windsor, I think, uh, you, know, that, you know, they lost like, two in a row, and that's very unusual for them. I heard their quarterback got hurt. I'm not sure exactly the true story on that. Okay. But, uh, but I think that'll be a good matchup. I think they're very comparable. Uh, BF might be a little bit bigger, uh, and you know Windsor might be a little hungry now that they've you know they've lost a couple in a row. Oh yeah, yeah, it's tough coming. Up. Yeah, I mean to, to go out and lose to Milton, which it, I saw them play earlier. I was surprised by that that outcome, but I wouldn't be surprised if Ryland Richardson was down for that game. So well, Ryland Richardson uh, is down. Caden Kappen is down. We get the, the the Division Three of the year of the injured uh, quarterback, uh, but Caden the new the the. Prognosis for you sounds pretty good. I mean, you're not right. going to be out a long time, right? It shouldn't be a long time. It's pretty much under control. Good. What exactly is the nature of the injury? It's just, uh, we're thinking it's just a high ankle sprain, so one or two weeks should be, I should be all set, ready to go. For Woodstock, I'll be back. So. Okay, well, so when people started talking about, we thought Caden's leg was broken, and it's like, uh, well, no, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> what, 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 what did it feel like for you? It was, it was bad. I thought I had broken my leg. It was... Because there was a pop, so I was figured that was the the bone breaking. But luckily, it was just a sprain, probably just a couple of tendons or ligaments popping around in there. But that's all it was. So. Are you in therapy here in Rutland? Right now, I'm with my our trainer. Yeah. He'll be doing therapy with me for the next week or two. So. Cody Parker. Cody Parker. Oh, okay. Okay. So he'll be helping me through that. Yeah. 
Okay. Are you getting around much? I see you came in today on crutches, but you know, how is it like getting around the house? Is, do you, are you able to put any weight on this at all? Uh, it's getting better every day, but as of now, the weight bearing is not very well, but as the days, as we go on, it should be better. Like I can put more weight. I can definitely have more motion with it and stuff like that, but mm -hmm. it'll be better. Yeah. Okay. And Kane, you just mentioned uh, Woodstock. That's October 5th. Over there, under the lights, that's a buzz game, baby. That's a, <laughs> I mean, Baldy Woodstock is shaping up. I know you don't like to look ahead as a coach, but I can tell you one thing. Other people are, Baldy Woodstock has is, is already got a lot of buzz to it. Hello, this is Jason Behenna, Director of Athletic Marketing Communications at Castleton University, and you're listening to the Inside Pitch. Right. <laughs> See, but they're not talking about it, which is good. They're, they're, they're very focused here. We, we played them well last year in the playoffs. I mean, and we were had gotten better during our our season, and um, in that going into the fourth quarter, it was twenty eight twenty. So you know, it was a good football game over there. Well, there's a good reason you're not talking about it because you got a you got a monster in front of you this week. Oh yeah, it's going to be a tough haul for us, and uh, we don't look ahead. We don't, you know, we're just planning and preparing for. Uh, for, for Mill River, and then uh, not having Caden in there, we need to do some adjustments in our backfield, and, and we'll start taking care of that tonight. How different is the play calling without Caden in there, and can Levi or anyone else give you the threat of the pass? And and just how how are you different uh, going into Mill River? Well, it's uh, the overall game management. I mean, Caden's been in there for this is his second year doing that, and he's, um, you know, he grew up around Pulteney football between his dad and I uh, and, and that type of thing. And sometimes, like, I will tell him a play, and and he does the formation because he knows what formation we want to run that play out of. And so, and, and Levi just needs to ad adjust to that. I mean, he hasn't had to have to think about in games. Uh, you know the game management and that type of thing. I mean, he he, he can do he can run plays and he, he'll he'll be fine there. But we just uh, he just has to he's be in that position where he's running the show a little bit. Can so, he throw or? Yeah, he can throw. Yeah. yeah, we we have some things in there. Even when he was a halfback, where we 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 would throw with him and and he uh, we didn't throw much in uh, in the BFA game with uh, when he was there at that quarterback. We threw a couple times, but. Uh, but he, he's okay. He can throw, and uh, we're, we're not. We will change some things because he's at the quarterback position, but um, but he'll be fine. And without Caden, my guess is that sometimes you operate out of the devil and snap the ball directly to either Levi or his brother Jason. Right. Yeah, you know, when we spoke after the Windsor game, and you know, most people call it Wildcat, we call it the Devil. It's the same same type of thing. And, so original. <laughs> <laughs> and, but I, you know, yeah, anytime you put a label like that, it's you know the players they remember that thing. If, right. you, if you said like one sixteen or something, they have to stop and think about it. But but having that Devil formation, they uh, and then it's just and the thing happened in the Windsor game is Caden cramped up and. We were going to do that double anyways at some time, and so it was, it was the opportune time to do that with Caden out of the game, and we ran that one play with Levi. 75-yard yeah, touchdown. Yeah, it worked and, okay. Uh, <laughs> and we did a lot of that Saturday when he was there. We ran out of that double a lot and uh, because that, that's what – I mean, he was comfortable with that. And he's comfortable behind the center too, but um, we plan on doing a little more with the double. Uh, Caden, I'm curious, you know, in a situation like this, of course you got to be you – know, 
just champing at the bit to get back in there. But this week, are you taking on a different role? I mean, are you talking with Levi as, as far as anything to do with, like, you know, how do you handle this play? What do I do here? Are you taking on a coaching role at all? Yeah, I'll definitely be around helping him out with any questions he has. I mean, me being there two years, I know a little more than probably he does. I mean, he's used to the running back position where he has one focus, and that's where he's supposed to be. And I've had the uh, escort back where everybody's supposed to be, so I know I have that knowledge of what – yeah. He needs, so we'll help him out. We'll, we'll get through it. This is the Inside Pitch, brought to you by the Rutland Herald. The Inside Pitch is now on Podbean. Get the app. This is Justin St. Louis from Devil's Bowl Speedway, and you can also find the Inside Pitch on iTunes. What is, is there anything that he might bring the offense at the quarterback position that maybe you don't? Well, he definitely, he can throw the ball a little bit better than I probably can. Just um, like lengthwise, he's more accurate mm-hmm. further down the field, but he probably can. Uh, but yeah, we're probably about the same, but he probably can a little more deadly outside run the ball. So if we can get him outside in the open, he'll be yeah much better out there too. Yeah, you know, the thing is the thing about with with running the game, running the ball, and throwing the ball. I mean, you guys throw the ball so infrequently that every time he, somebody fades back for a pass, it's like a trick play or something. <laughs> the element of surprise is always there, you know. So I'm kind of curious. Will do you, do, you, do you really see that as being part of the game plan to really keep a middle of the river off balance? Yeah, we'll look at that. Um, like in the past, we've talked about our offense, and we're primarily a running team. And if we had a you know label, we're probably 60-70% run and then you know 40-30% pass but uh, but we'll look at that and we do things to keep people honest I, uh, you know if we think that the, the secondary is coming up a little bit because we're running the ball we'll you know we'll throw just to and you know, try to be successful but just to keep them honest back there and knowing that uh, you know importantly we'll throw the ball if need be. Mm-hmm. We get uh, we get caught up in numbers of course and uh, with the uh, Levi and, and, and Jason Allen, uh, because you know they do rip off a lot of yards. But in the Windsor game, I was impressed with what they gave you on the other side of the ball. Uh, they had a number. They they good penetration, a number of tackles for a loss. They were those two guys were pretty big part of making Windsor play behind the sticks. Yeah, our defense does a good job. They uh, Pierre Cotton is, right. uh, handles the defense, and uh, you know, they take a lot of pride in what they do. And they did, you know, they want to stop that run, and they work, work real hard to do that. And, and it's, uh, you know, the unit themselves are uh, they take a lot of pride in that. And uh, Bob, I got to tell you, Pierre Cotton is a show <laughs> on the sidelines. Twelve times a game or more, you're going to hear. Do you believe? Do you believe? <laughs> Okay. Okay. He's a very and colorful. Just, well, he's, uh, <laughs> he has a lot of energy. I, after games, I tease him about you should sleep sleep well tonight because just so, so, uh, so. Yeah. You believe? Yeah. Well, that kind of thing can be contagious too, though. You know, sometimes you need to rally and yeah. cry. But you know, one of the things that's happening at, at Polney, as far as I, I'm kind of wondering, and you have a very good uh, perspective on this, Caden, because you're part of that basketball team as well. It, I made a comment there a couple of weeks ago. Is it seems like it's kind of getting kind of a renaissance in a, in, a, in a way because all of a sudden. You know, Polney's building up this great basketball team. The football team is on the rise again. And it's all of a sudden like, it's like, wow, look at all the energy in school here. Watch out for Polney. Is, is it like that over there? Yeah, I, I mean, our pride is high. And 
we're just ready for a good couple of years ahead of us, and we want to make something happen that hasn't happened the past couple of years. So we're yeah. excited for it. Yeah. Ready. Don't want to get too crazy and talk about basketball yet, but what are you going to do without Robbie Brill? Well, he was obviously a big part of our team, uh, captain. He was our point guard. So we're going to have to fill his shoes, but I think we're capable of it. I mean, we have some big guys coming, and we have some – uh, new players that are, will come because how well we did last year, they'll want to be part of that. So yeah. we should have some new kids, and we we'll definitely should be a threat again. I hope so. I'm thinking so. Yeah. I think I don't want to get. I don't want to. Don't want to brush away football season. I just like think wow, you know, basketball. I mean, it, it was it was a lot of fun watching those games over there last year. You know, a lot of energy oh, yeah. at me. So it's it's oh, yeah. it's good to see that. And boy, I tell you what, that's like a Division two size team. You got yeah, guys that big. you're big. It's <laughs> wow. Yeah, Levi Havlin, I, I remember talking to his grandfather um, after a basketball game over there, and he was telling me how often, I guess it was Kansas, he really only started playing after he moved back here. He hadn't played basketball but about one year. Uh, is that the same football? Uh, has he had any football experience before? The only experience he had, unless he, he did youth out there, but for us he played uh, as a sophomore. Okay. And uh, he played defensive end and uh, tight end for us at, at that level. And then last year he chose to concentrate on basketball and, oh, not, and not take part in the football. And oh, this year okay. he, this year he decided that he wanted to, you know, be a part and be a contributor. And, uh, and it was funny after we uh, we did the scrimmage at Milton, he come to me in the locker room. He says, "I think I'll stay with it," you know, because he played well <laughs> up that day. And and he had a big interception last week at the end of the game. Yeah. Uh, the last yeah. play of the game, he, he intercepted the ball. And Caden had a couple. So yeah. You, you picked him up. Yeah, and I think uh, we also have uh, Eliza Rosario, too. He, oh, he's yeah. come up from the basketball team. And he played when he was younger at uh, at Fairhaven. He was one of the receivers over there. And, oh, and he's okay. at our school with school choice. And uh, he kept saying last year he was going to play football. And just, you know, as time went on, he didn't put the time into football. And this year he decided to be a pirate. So. Right. And those two boys, you know, are really contributing with us coming over from, from the basketball programs. Hello, my name is Caden Catman. I'm the quarterback from Pulteney High School, and you're listening to the Inside Pitch. Let's, um, got a lot, we got a lot here. I hate to jump all the way to the end of, end of the year, but... You have a very special day on October 20th when Springfield comes to town. I know that the baseball coach, Dan Williams, has been putting together a program for every football player who, from Pulteney who ever played in the Shrine Maple Sugar Bowl. I'm sure you've had a good response already. I know Bob Potter from the class of 63 all the way back then told me he's coming uh i guess you're going to honor them at halftime and 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 uh with a banquet at the american legion is that right and uh, uh that's going to be a big day right you know what have you had about 40 something kids who have represented Pulteney wearing the blue devil helmet in the maple sugar bowl yeah there was 41 that wow. we had uh that they contacted and from the list, there's a, a few of them that have passed away, but the, the four, out of the 41, he has 35 coming. Wow. And uh, <laughs> just last night, there was a boy from Dean Frazier who was in the class of 64, is coming up from Florida. He's going to be wow. here for that type of thing. And then, uh, but it's uh, something that Dan started with David Hughes and uh, as and through our booster club, they decided to, to honor our Shine football players. and. Uh, 
it's really it's been a, a you know quite a takeoff. I mean, a lot of, they've all anyone that was contacted said we think this is a great idea. Oh yeah. And another thing uh, we did is I uh, there's quite a few um, Shriners who are football officials, and I've asked yeah. uh, John Reed to assign as many as the Shrine uh, football officials to work that game, and then. Uh, um, I, I'm on the board of directors for the Shrine game, and in our last meeting, uh, we're going to have some Shrine past potentates there to, to be at the game. So it's going to be yeah. it's going to be quite an event. They're going to recognize them at halftime, and then there's that uh, at the Legion afterwards. There's a, a get together for all. Wow, um, wow! You could always, you know, just I just thought of this. I don't know any maybe two or three win uh, Springfield guys there alongside. Yeah. And we're, then the game, and yeah, we were gonna come out on the field. Yeah, we were gonna uh, whatever game it was gonna be, and it ended up being the Springfield game. We were gonna ask the other school to yeah if there's anyone that's there and they could sign in or just check in, and we'll make sure they're recognized also. Yeah, it's a cool day. Yeah, absolutely. I, I don't think it's ever been done before. I don't think anyone in the I don't think so in the state of Vermont. I mean, a, lot has done of, that. a lot of schools. I know we see the pictures right, Bob at Rutland and MSJ of the past. Shrine players from those schools hanging on the wall, but I have never heard of anything like this. Uh, no. This is no. going to be a pretty festive day in Blue Devil Town. Yeah, well, you know, there's a lot of, you had a lot of, tied up in the tradition of football at Polney, you know, so oh, it's yeah. a lot of great names and a lot of players and a lot of history. So, yeah, I think it's what kept you, what, what took you so long, really, is, <laughs> is the big thing here. So, yeah. yeah. Uh, Turning back toward toward the present a little bit, I'm kind of curious, David, as to your perspective. You know, we all have a, a general idea how we think things are going to shake out when you're looking at the preseason. Three weeks into the season, are there any surprises that you see in your division? Hey, this is Chuck Clarino, and you're listening to the Inside Pitch. Um, I, I'm just a little bit surprised that Windsor lost two games. I mean, they lost. I mean, we always thought that we were better, and, and we beat them, and that was a big game for us. But I'm surprised that they have two two losses at that time. Um, as far as surprises, um, Mill River is undefeated at this time in the season, and I think that for us will be you know a good contest between the two undefeated teams. Uh, we all we all thought that Woodstock was going to be you know as strong as they are. Mm-hmm. Um, I think you know MSJ the way they started, not having enough players, and then. then and then getting a win, and down you know with the I guess what was it was a it was a forfeit. We won in Missisquoi, but yeah, I thought they played well oh, against. They beat they, they, yeah, they beat Missisquoi. Yeah, they, yeah. they actually played Missisquoi. They actually played yeah. Missisquoi. Yeah, beat them yeah. yeah, and then um, they played Springfield well early. I mean, they were had eight to nothing there, and they end up they end up losing the game. But I think that's a that's a surprise in there that you know um, coming back to uh, playing on their own. To be able to be as successful as they are right now, so yeah. When you're looking at, I mean, there are some struggles. I mean, they they don't, they have low numbers, but Missisquoi is down, uh, Oxbow is down. How do you, I'm kind of wondering how how much farther we're going to go along with three divisions in football? And do you see thing, anything changing there? Yeah, the, the alignment committee has made some suggestions, and one of the things that they're looking at is having a, a four team, eight eight in each division, and have a you know, like a one and a one A, and then a two and then a three, and eight of us in each group. So mm-hmm. and I, they're not. Uh, that's just going to be a presentation. That's something that they looked at, and uh, um, not sure how they'll do. Whether four teams will qualify for the playoffs, or eight teams will qualify for the playoffs, or 
or have a crossover where if four make it and the other four do a crossover the first week and then do another crossover the second week. So they finish their season with nine or ten games instead of you know, closing out early. But, yeah. but that's what they're looking at. I mean, there's been other suggestions of three divisions. I think that, uh, um, you know, you know that's a possibility of doing that type of thing too. But uh, I, I think that group that uh, – I'm on that alignment committee. I represent Division Three, and there's um, – let's see, I got the BFA of Fairfax coaches also there. But uh, that's what they're going to present, I think. They put that out to the coaches and ADs to look at it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's still a year away, but they found that they should start preparing for alignments a year ahead of time, yeah. and not wait until you know the the, the winter meeting before the, the next fall. So they, we've started right now. We've had one meeting, we got another meeting coming up, and every time that we have a VFI BIFL meeting, we the alignment committee meets and talks oh, about okay. how how this okay. year is going for alignment and what we should be looking at. You know, so they're a little more prepared. Yeah, for that for that alignment thing, because there were some changes this year with MSJ going on their own and um, the Burlington South Burlington uh, combination. You know, made some changes in the in the schedule. Yeah, and they and they they'd like to do a, a two year schedule, and so that you always know when your home and away games will be from year to year. But it's been difficult to do that because there's so many changes that take place. Yeah. So it's always been a one year from the past year, the one year one yeah. year schedule, and then we redo it next year. But yeah. And I know nobody likes to talk about it, or a lot of a lot of people don't like to talk about it. It's a bad word to a lot of people. But a man, I think I, I know Rich Alercio. That's two bad came, words. <laughs> Rich Alercio okay. came up very strongly <laughs> up for a man, saying it's important to get these schools playing football and to keep them playing football, and maybe even with eight man. Get some new schools playing football, so I, I I know a lot of people like to avoid that that discussion. But um, I think you know if you're talking alignment, I if you don't do it, then you don't do it. But I think it's at least got to be on the table. Yeah, I think it's uh, you got to have that because it's gonna it'll keep you know some schools going. I mean, when their numbers are down and. If you, and you say you've got 16 players, well, then you've got actually two eight-man teams, mm-hmm. in, you know, on that, in that within that grouping. And it was interesting that MSJ and us did that eight-man. I thought that was it was uh, it was a little preparation on our part, to, and uh, it, it was you know some strategy things. And we kept the same width of the field and the same length of the field. So right. I, I, the actual game is shortened down a little bit but uh it's like 80 yards yeah yeah but it was yeah. it was good and you know Caden played in that game there's a lot of space out there to accomplish <laughs> yeah. a lot of oh, things yeah. and, yeah. and we our numbers are down a little bit in our junior high football and so our we've played two games that they've been eight-man games and mm-hmm. I've approached the other schools and and said that that's what we're going to do and, and and they've all received it and and, and to keep us Playing at that level, and this weekend we're going to play Manchester and uh, in Pulteney, and um, they're going to play. They have 26 players, and we have, I think we have 14, but we're going to play an eight-man, an eight-man game. You say your junior high numbers are down a little bit. Oh, it's a little surprising to me with the Vipers and all that. Yeah, and that other team that uh, that formed the Spartans. There's yep. a football program there, and we've had some boys from our program go to that program. So, oh, okay. So, and it's hurt. Hurt us a little bit, but the idea of what they do this padded flag at the junior high level is, they're thinking that more people might participate. 
Right. Uh, and, but it's full contact with the exception of the ball carriers that have flags on. But And I've, I, you know, I've seen all our games, and, uh, it, you know, it's it's a good football. I mean, they play, and, oh, yeah. and that's the big thing is to keep people playing. Bob Johnson was very emphatic about the fact that the padded flag is not what a lot of people think it is. It's not like the flag you used to play at recess. Yeah. You know, it's, it's very different. Yeah, a lot of them thought... Uh, it was going to be like a phys ed class, right, that type of right. thing. And I even had one of our players, the junior high, he was in there getting dressed one night in our locker room, and they said, why are you putting pads on? And he said, well, we've got practice. And one of my players said to him, you're playing flag. And I said, no, it's padded flag. It's regular football at the line of scrimmage, and it's, yeah. you know, it's blocking and and uh, you know running and doing all, everything that they do to you know to right. play football. So. Yep. And Caden might say about the eight-man. I mean, he, he participated in that. That MSJ game, it was probably kind of fun for a quarterback. Yeah, it was uh, some ways, right? I guess you say a little bit easier. I mean, there's less people to worry about <laughs> on the other end, and like yeah. I said, they kept the same same size of the field, so it definitely gave us a lot more room to do stuff. Yeah, so on the outside was much easier. But then I found the special teams was different because it's you've got an even number now instead of an odd number. It's like when kickoffs. Oh, you yeah. got you know four on one side and three on the other and kicker and oh yeah. So it was it was different strategy wise to to do that type of thing and even like the punting you usually have two wings to prevent the block punt when we only had had one right you know that, right so it was different huh interesting yeah and that field looks pretty big it's kind of like yeah. backyard ball <laughs> in the old days yeah. yeah. This is Dave Catman. I'm the head football coach at Pulteney High School, and you're listening to the Inside Pitch. To keep keep football going, and uh, yeah. I think I think this padded flag, and I think an eight man is something to look at. There's a man out of Winooski that made a presentation at our VIFL meeting about eight man football. Yeah. And uh, but uh, how was that received? I think it was received. I mean, you know, people, and there were some schools that had inquired him about afterwards about you know what what the the details and. That type of thing. And Rutland, we played Rutland's rec both times, and T.J. Sabaka, I mean, he, he knew far enough in advance where he, he adapted and played played us in, because we played both Rutland teams. Right, the red right. And the gold. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, they did a, you know, they accepted and played us, and they were a good football game. A lot of scoring. I mean, it was like 46-27 or yeah. that type of thing. Yeah. Mm, yeah. Yeah, yep. bunch of tired kids. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah no Out in the Midwest, and I guess in New York State, there's a there's an eight man league out there. It's yeah, out towards yeah. Buffalo that way. And the Midwest. Salem talked about it, and I guess now they've gone with Cambridge. They've gone with Cambridge, yeah. But before they did that, they talked about yeah. eight man to keep their program yeah. alive. And they were all eight man at one time. There was Salem and Argyle and Fort Ann and Lake George and wow, they Fort Ann had football. Yep. Wow. It was in the seventies. <laughs> they yeah. They dropped their program, but they were all they were all eight man teams, and then they all went they went to eleven, and that's when uh, it was about the time we entered into the scene over there. Right, right. But they were all eight man teams. Yep. Yeah, you know, Lake George, Hadley, Luzerne. Wow. Uh, you know, Stillwater. They were all eight man. Oh yeah. Teams. Wow. You're yeah. kidding. Huh. Yeah. <laughs> of course, some of those schools were obviously eleven because you played them in. Those 19 years or whatever it was yeah. that you were in New York yeah. playing. So. And that was a good league. I, it was. In a way, you kind of miss it a little bit, but you know the travel was good. And, it was. And we all, uh, 
It was all down 22A, the schools you played. Of course, the travel's better here now. Because remember then, there was no Mill River, no Burbank, right. no Water Valley. So yeah. it's, it's better here now. Yeah. And Which that's, is part of the reason you left, right? Yeah, well, you couldn't, yeah, we didn't have people to play. Right. You know, because the Connecticut Valley established and all yep. those schools were playing New Hampshire schools. Right. And, and we had, we didn't have anyone. And, uh, and we were going at the time over, uh, we were picking up games with New York State. We would go to their meetings. Yeah. And there was uh, Bill Tobin and Mickey Calagiri and I would go oh, over because yeah. Burnburton and West Rutland and, and we'd pick up games over there and sit at their meetings and there was an open date we'd fill in. So yeah. we had some connections over there to begin with. So. Wow. But it, then, then when more schools started coming back to Vermont to play football like Otter Valley, Mill River, right. Burnburton. Yep. And then some BFA of Fairfax all right. started up football. Um, and they in New York State wanted to go to New York State Championships, and they made their schedule so they could go to the states. And we were kind of left in the cold. And I know. We had that. Really when we had the Super Bowl. Depressing. Yeah, when we had that Super Bowl, that was our state championship. Right. And. Uh, but then you, I mean, you, you play uh, Cambridge in Schuylerville in the Super Bowl. Yeah. And you beat them by a couple touchdowns. Yeah. And then you have to stay home. Yeah. And there you are. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. yeah. That just was a bad yeah. taste to me. And one year, well, sometimes we, they would schedule us twice. We'd play, like Fort Edward, we played twice home and away during the season. And, and uh, uh, we finished, like, first in our each one of our divisions. So now we play a third time for the Super Bowl. I remember played that. In Grand Fort Edward, yeah. Yeah, we win that game. And they finish their season, like, Five and three, or six and three, or something like that. Like all, every loss was you. Every loss was to a Vermont school, and they never got an opportunity to go on in, in New York State. And they never lost to a New York State school. Uh, but that, and you saw, and that, that was a good league. And yeah, um, I still uh, there's still some of the same coaches, and we still contact each other. And oh, okay. Talk a little bit about okay. what's going on. I I see the officials once in a while, and could, but uh, so. Now you're in Vermont, on to the present, on to the weekend. What do you have to take away? What do you have, what do you have to stop with Mill River? Uh, like every game we go into, we want to stop the people, we want to stop them from running the ball on us. Um, and that, that's our goal. And, uh, you know, every, every they'll throw the ball and they spread the field, but still we, uh, we want to stop, we want to stop their run. We figure if we, if we can do that and, you know, just, you know, put them in situations where you know what they're going to do, or think you know what they're going to do. We can defend things better, and uh, and we want to keep the ball in our possession, so we limit the number of plays that they run. So and you think, can do that. I think we've done that. Yeah, that like line. yeah, but that line, yeah. BFA yeah. there at halftime last week, we had run thirty-three plays. They'd run fourteen. Yeah. So I think that's similar to the yeah. Windsor. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, ball control. Yeah, yeah it means a, a world of difference. He control the tempo. Yeah. yeah, I tell you what, it's it's fun going out there and playing offense and moving the ball. It's not so much fun when when you're playing defense and then moving the ball on. It gets tiring, doesn't it? So yeah, so uh, this is a a good matchup in that uh, Mill River has had uh, they have good skilled people, but they're trying to catch up with their li their line needed to catch up with them. And you've kind of got it on both sides there. You know, you got both. But Mill River, I think they might hurt them. They've had a week off. I don't think the third week of the season is a week that you really want to have off. No, you want to have that towards the end if you're going to get one. So. Mm. And I, I yeah. 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 And near the end, everybody's banked up. Yeah. It's a good time to have it. That's that's what's that's what can be very frustrating 
uh, in Division Three, I would think, is when you're expecting to play a game and you don't get it. You know. Yeah, I know. One year yeah. we uh, like Mill River, they were so amped up, they wanted to play that game with Missisquoi, and yeah, you get to win on paper, but that the, the kids were just. You only get so many opportunities. Yeah. Oh, that's true. Yeah. Yeah, high school football. And I read where they were going to do an inner squad on that Saturday. I don't know if they did oh, that or not. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that doesn't get the juices flowing. You want to play ball, you know. <laughs> it's, know. Yeah, high school football is short enough. You might be holding your breath that way. Yeah. 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 Yeah, I know. Well, I mean, I keep on looking at this, and the, 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 the really one of the things I really hate about this, we had it, we went through it last year, is when you've got an eight team division, everybody's in, but one team is going to get a bye. Yeah. And you're kind of getting that forced on you more than anything else. I mean, I don't think anybody wants a bye when it comes playoff time. And I'm afraid that might be what happens again this year. I mean, with Missisquoi and Oxbow both on, on stilts right now, I, I don't want to see that happen, but I, I'm pretty sure it will. Mm. Yeah. So, yep. so maybe maybe the the, the eight man will keep this from going, and maybe just uh, keeping this thing from happening in the future. We'll really see what happens as far as that's concerned. It's going to be a lot of bumps and bruises between now and the end of the season when you decide what to do with it. But as much as I've never really been a proponent of eight man football, if it keeps it going and it keeps schools from competing and honing their skills and keeps an eye on the future, well then then I think we have to go with it. So yeah. So anyway, we've uh, we've run out of time again. Uh, it, that was it's the the quickest half hour of our week. Usually it's the quickest fifteen minutes, but since we've had two great guests for this today, the time has gone right by that. So uh, I want to thank you again, uh, Dave Cabman, Caden Cabman, for showing up today and talking to us about football and and other things as well. Here, um, it's been a lot of fun. We wish you the best of luck the rest of the season. We know you're going to do great things. Thank well, thank you. you. Uh, so for myself, Bob Fredette, Tom Haley. George Nostrin, our uh, engineer, we want to thank you for joining us for the inside pitch. Come on back again this week, next week. In the meantime, go watch Miller River play Polney next week. It'll be a lot of fun. This is the inside pitch. Brought to you by the Rutland Herald. Let us know what you think. Email us at sports at rutlandherald.com.